The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Patricia Raskin. And today, our topic for the hour is positive dating. And today, our program is going to give you positive tips and opinions on dating, including yours, the listeners. And I, with my co-host, is going to share various topics on dating. The show really is for you. We want you to join in the discussion, and this helps us address the issues that you care about. Today, I have with me as my co-host, Paul Giamarco, who is a seasoned radio broadcaster, and he's really in the know when it comes to our topic today, flirting. Hi, Paul. Hey, Patricia. What do you mean by that, by the way? Well, I mean, I know you're married. Yeah, I am married, yes. So you can't flirt. That's right. Well, I can flirt, but it... <laughs> but, but how do it's you kind know? Of empty flirting. But you know about flirting because yes. you you're in a band. I'm an entertainer. Yeah, I've been uh, you know entertaining and playing music in nightclubs and uh, different events for Tipa's going on 35, 40 years now. So I've seen a lot, and I continue to see a lot of flirting and a lot of um, people that make mistakes and people that do it right in my eyes. You know, because you get to see it from a different vantage point when you're on stage and you're watching the crowd. Because when you're, you know, we've been playing for so long as I have, it's kind of second nature. So it's automatic. Sometimes it's automatic pilot when your fingers are moving yeah. and, your, and your voice is singing. And you're kind of scanning the room and you're looking. So at what the are different you people. seeing, Paul? What are you I'm, seeing that that you think works and that you think doesn't work? Well, I, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what works, but I can tell you what I'm seeing. I'm yeah. seeing a lot of lonely people. That uh, you know, lonely not in a negative way, but but people that are looking for uh, someone to uh, to hook up with uh, on, a, on a positive way. And I see, uh, I see. Sometimes I see desperation. You know, sometimes I in their face, in their eyes, in their actions. You know, I mean, some people are very um, uh, desperate to 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 meet someone, and they try too hard. In my eyes, that's the way I see it. Mm. They they really really go overboard. And, you know, I think flirting is a, is, it's a two-way street in uh, the way I see it. And I'm sure there are right, way, right ways and wrong ways. And I know you have someone coming in. Yes, and just I have an expert bit. who's coming right on to, to, to see, to comment on what you're saying. <laughs> well, that's good because uh, she's the expert and I'm not. But um, I think that, um, you know, I see there, there's like a yin and a yang. I think when people flirt, they, 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 they throw out a certain vibe but they also get back a certain vibe. Mm. And it's just as important in my eyes to be able to send that out, but be able to read it when it comes back, whether or not your flirting is effective, whether or not it's the, the person is accepting for you, know, you for who you are and what you do. And you know, a lot of times people don't flirt until they've had a couple of drinks. And that's sometimes a recipe for disaster as well. Well, let, let's, let's let our expert weigh in. We've got Fran Green on the phone with us. She is the author of The Flirting Bible. And this, this is her specialty. This is what Fran Green does. And welcome, Fran. 
Hi, Fran. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Good. What do you think about what Paul's saying about flirting? He says it sometimes. Think, Go ahead. I think Paul has hit the nail on the head. Paul, you sure you haven't read my book? <laughs> you know, but, well, I was sitting here for a little while ago and looking through it, and, and it's a, a wonderful book, uh, but I haven't read it. But it's kind of human nature. But tell me more. Yeah, tell us There's more. About, some of the things that I think you said, Paul, are absolutely so true. The part about desperation and trying too hard, mm-hmm. I think uh, what happens when people are desperate is that they're exaggerating the things that they want so badly that it has really the opposite effect, and they be, it becomes such a turn-off. And I think often what people do, and they think it's flirting, so, for example, you might even have noticed this when you've been playing some of your gigs. A guy sees a woman who looks attractive or interesting, and he goes over to her and says, Hey, baby. You look really hot tonight, and I have your phone number. And before you can get the last word out of his mouth, she's gone. Yeah. Because there's, there's no segue. Because as the woman, as the recipient of that, it's not you that the guy is interested in. It's somebody who happens to be there at the moment. And the best definition of flirting that I've come up with is that... Flirting is a way that you make somebody feel absolutely fabulous. You make them feel that they're the center of the universe. It's Mm -hmm. honest. It's genuine. It's sincere. And it's really about making that person feel that at that moment, there is nobody else that's more important on the face of the planet. And it's really good social skills. Right. So, friends, the question is... What the question is, what it what do you think is the right way to flirt? Is there one way that's the right way to flirt? Or are there several ways? Absolutely. Um, let's talk about some of the nonverbal ways of flirting. Because I think that is what is so important. You want to make good eye contact. And that means you want to look the person in the eye that you're flirting with, even if it's across the room. If you see somebody across the room, you want to try to make some really good genuine eye contact. So, let me ask you a question about that. Um, a lot of people will, will do that. They'll, they'll look into someone's eyes or they'll try to get their attention. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the person just kind of turns away. Or maybe some people, they, they need glasses and they can't tell. So my, I guess my question is, 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 do you give up? If you look at someone and you, and, and you, you start your, your flirt, and it, there's no response on their end. Do you stop? Well, first of all, um, if you're looking at somebody from across the room, certainly you don't know if they um, they put, they see that you're looking at them. Um, just by doing that and, and quitting is, you know, really cutting your losses way too quickly. I would move closer. I would move closer towards the person I wanted to flirt with. Then I would yeah. perhaps make eye contact. And... Mm. Sometimes you just have to say anything. The best opening line, according to one of our antique people, Ann Landers, is, can you guess what it is? What? How are you? It's, Hello. It's, it's the same 
You know, I want to I want to share something, and then we've got another caller on the air. I want to share something. I went to a singles event about three weeks ago. A lot of singles there. I don't go to a lot of singles events, but there was someone there that was interesting to me. And I got up my courage, and I went over to him, and I said, hello, my name is Patricia. That's all I said, Fran. I spent the whole evening talking and dancing to him. And have you seen him since? Oh, that wasn't a fair question. <laughs> but it is a question everybody wants to know. I guess not. But, you know, but we spent we spent a lot of time talking and like the whole evening dancing. And I do Good. think that 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 does tell you that there was a connection there. Absolutely. Also, uh, I have a little a little secret that everybody can use. And that is um, I'm going to try it out. Paul, um, I want you to, you know, imagine that we're at some kind of an event. Um, and, you know, you're screaming, you walk over to me, and you say, Hi, my name is Paul. How are you? And I'm going to give you the response, so go ahead and do it. Okay. Hi, my name is Paul. How are you? Oh, a whole lot better now that you came over to talk to me. I'm free and Oh. Well, aren't you sweet? You know, <laughs> I noticed right. you from yeah. across the room. <laughs> Paul, you're good. No, yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, because I, I, it's human nature, I guess. But you know <laughs> what? You know what? You know what really... even, even if you got that funny feeling like, oh, my God, putting it on too strong, or is this a line? It's an icebreaker. It's a tension reducer. Absolutely. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you and I something to talk about, even if you just go, oh. And then that is saying to me that, you want to perhaps continue the conversation, at least at the moment. And you know what, Patricia? I don't care if you ever see this guy again. If he asked your phone number, if he gave him your phone number. Yes. If you're too young, too tall, too short. Um, it's about taking that risk, breaking yes. out of your comfort zone. Exactly. And the more you do that, the easier it becomes so that when... That perfect gal or that perfect guy who you think is the perfect person for you, you just, it's just part of who you are. Exactly. Sure. All right, listen, I just want to, Phil is holding. So, Phil, I want to bring you into the conversation. Hi, Phil. Hey, Phil, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here and I'm ready. Good. I just want you to weigh in on what, uh, what Fran is saying about flirting and what we've all been talking about. What are your well, thoughts? Uh, so far, I agree completely with uh, everything you guys have said. Um, you know, I kind of I wanted to maybe go back to something um, that Paul said a little bit earlier about trying too hard. And one thing that I kind of felt like um, a lot of people do, and Fran, you can tell me if you agree with this, they put a lot of pressure on themselves when they go up to somebody and they flirt, and a lot of pressure on that moment and how it's received. And I feel like it's too much pressure. I feel like there are, you know, many reasons why somebody may or may not be interested and the weight of the world should not be on that, on that moment. And I know I've been guilty of it before yeah. where I'll yeah. go up and appro approach somebody and if she doesn't, isn't receptive, I'm kind of upset the rest of the night, and I feel like that's something that people do, and it's a mistake. I just By the way, to... you're, only, yeah. you're only upset for the rest of, uh, rest of the night. Um, I could be upset for the rest of my life if someone doesn't, uh -uh. You know, doesn't yeah. respond to me. I think that that's, um, that's fabulous that perhaps um, 
you know, it's only the evening. I think what you're saying is is so crucial because it's about reframing rejection. And the, what I do with my clients, because um, I have a private practice as a flirting, dating, and relationship coach, and also in my workshops and seminars, what I teach people to do is symbolically thank that person for only wasting 10 minutes of your time rather than 10 hours, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, or 10 years, and they've done you such a big favor by letting you know so quickly that, that they're not interested and that you have the rest of the evening and basically the rest of your life to find somebody who you're interested in and it's something that's reciprocal. I think what often happens is is that I get so nervous and I finally approach someone and then, you know, for the next 20 minutes, it's clear that they're not interested in me I can't, it's like I'm in fly paper or glue paper, and everything is ruined. And I think if you just switch it around in your head and say to yourself, my God, I am so lucky, you let me know sooner than later, and the rest of the evening is going to be mine. And again, uh, Fran Green is our guest. The Flirting Bible is the wonderful book that she's written. She's an author. Fran, you know, many times, and also Phil, many times... It's just not one-on-one -on -one when you're flirting and you and you approach someone. Generally, women travel in packs of three, and I say that respectfully. There's usually three women, you know, sometimes two, but most of the time at least three. So it always appears to me that the gentleman that approaches the woman that he's interested in is also approaching the other two women because usually they're friends, and generally they kind of want to make sure it's the right person for their friend, or there's a, there's a lot more involved than just that one-on-one. -on -one. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. Congratulations to the brave guy that wants to break into the pack of three. <laughs> Usually women you know, travel in packs of 42. So my advice to guys is what I want you to do is you're going to flirt with the group so that they yes. envelop you, so that they take you into their little pack and you become one of them, and you're all having fun together. And sometimes the person that you thought you had your eye on is not going to be the person that's going to say, wow, that chemistry feeling's not going to be there. So instead of, like, trying to zoom in on, you know, lady number one, lady number two, or lady number 17, uh, you want to say something like, wow, it looks like... Uh, you, you ladies are having the best time in this whole place, or you seem to be laughing, or your conversation seems to be so great. Any chance that I can become a part of it? As a matter of fact, they are going to welcome you, and especially if you don't zoom in on any one of the women in particular. All right. All right. Hold on. Phil, uh, your yes. comments about what Fran just said. Well, co uh, my comments on what she just said? Yes. Oh, I, uh, t I totally agree. I mean, I think... Um, you have to uh, engage the group, I think. I think if you zoom in on one and ignore the rest, you're immediately creating kind of a negative vibe around the group because I feel like the other, whoever else is there, the friends, they're going to feel a little bit left out. They're going to feel a little bit ignored, and it's, it's going to kind of create a little negativity around what's going on, and that's not going to do you any good. Have you seen that, Phil? I mean, have you experienced that, what Fran's talking about? Uh, I definitely have, and uh, and actually, I was kind of lucky enough to have a friend who, at the time, had a lot more experience with this than me, and he would 
tell me, you know, the right thing to do. Just tell me to, you know, to go up, engage the group, and as she said, flirt with the group. I think that's a great uh, phrase because I think that's important to at least start off with. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of what I think that's one of the fatal mistakes that I see a lot of gentlemen make as they approach women uh, in, a, in, a, in a situation, a nightclub or an event or something like that, where they kind of focus in uh, like a torpedo to a, uh, you know, to a, to a submarine. And, and then they strike out with the group and they're going where maybe they, if they in, engage the group, they would have had much success. All right, listen, we're going uh, to take a break, but we're coming back. There's plenty more. Today our topic is positive dating. We have Fran Green with us on the phone, and she is the author of The Flirting Bible and really is an expert. She's a nationally renowned relationship expert and former director of flirting at Match.com. And so we're very excited to have Fran Green. We also have Phil, who's called in. Paul Giamarco is my co-host. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. And today we are talking about positive dating. So stay tuned. We will be right back right after the break, right here on Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. When you think of museums, what comes to mind? Is it ancient history? Rotating displays of collections? Are they nice places to visit? Or are they essential to our cities and society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert. We'll discuss what the attraction is and historical importance of museums and what they contribute to the economic makeup of our cities and country. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin. And today, our topic for the whole hour is positive dating. And we're talking about positive tips and opinions on dating. And right now, we're talking about flirting. And my co-host today is Paul Giamarco, who's a seasoned radio broadcaster. He's been in the entertainment business. He knows about this topic because he works in a, in a no, not in a bar. No, I work in nightclubs. Nightclubs, yeah, some bars, playing. sometimes in bars, so biker it. bars. I do everything. All right, <laughs> I play everywhere. And we and Fran Green is our expert uh, coach today, and her book is the Flirting Bible. And um, we're really, really so happy that Fran can be with us today. And she's a nationally renowned relationship expert and the former director of Flirting and Match dot com. So wow. wow, I know, wow, wow. Fran. So, um, Thank you. <laughs> All right, so Paul, and then yes. we also have Phil on the line, and we have more people who are calling in. Yeah. But, but Paul, so let's go back to when you work in nightclubs. Yes. What else have you seen about flirting? I mean, you're standing there playing, and you're yeah. watching it. Well, I, you know, I watch it unfold, um, and it's like a like a soap opera sometimes. Yeah. It's a drama because I can I can look at people, and I I kind of can get a, a sense that 
you know, this 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 gentleman is looking for someone and these three young ladies just came in and and they're looking, you know, maybe to hook up for the night or whatever. Um, what I what what I see happening happen a lot is the like a basic standard kind of a thing. Gentlemen will walk over to a woman, offer to buy her a drink. Uh, usually there's a conversation that lasts anywhere from one to two minutes and all, all of a sudden nobody's saying anything and it's really turns into a very awkward situation and it, it kind of makes me feel funny to watch that, that, that awkwardness. So I guess my, my, my question um, uh, to Fran um, and to Phil would be, what do you think about the, the way people dress and dancing? Because I'm a musician, I know that probably dancing is one of the, the easiest ways to get someone to sort of respond to you, you want to come up and dance. And generally, you want something that's not a slow, hugging kind of a dance when you come up the first time, right. you know? So I'm wondering, um, if, is that the best thing to do in those awkward situations, Fran, when someone meets someone, there's music playing, and that kind of awkwardness sets in? Do you think they should ask for a dance? Or what's the next step for those people who just sit there and don't know what to do? I, I, think, I think perhaps just saying this well. I am completely tongue-tied or saying, I can't believe we I usually have so much to say. And now it's like my mind went blank because sometimes when you show your own vulnerability, it's a real connecting tool to the other person. Mm. And another, another thing that you can do is come up even before you go out with things that you might want to talk about. So sometimes you might want to brush up on the evening news or read the newspaper. When all else fails, compliment your flirting partner. And one of the best ways to start a conversation is for your compliment to have the element of surprise. So, for example, if you're always complimented, Bob, because you have a great voice and you've heard it many, many times, you might want to say to the person, Wow, I cannot believe what patience you have when you wanted to order a drink. It took about 10 minutes. If it huh. were me, I would have wanted to jump over the bar and grab the bartender's yeah. neck and say, Very hey, no, notice me. You know, you've been passing me by. Um, yeah. And another thing you can do is talk about the surroundings. It's a great way to start a conversation. So especially um, if you really like the band, or if there's a song you really like the band to play, or asking the person, um, you know, if they've been here before, or is this group always here, or is it, excuse me, it's really cold in here, or it's really hot in here. Just talk mm-hmm. about what's going on, because it's something that you share in common with mm-hmm. the person that you're, that you're talking to. Very good. Paul, Phil, what, what are your comments about this? Well, I'm usually hesitant to ask for a dance, first of all, because I'm a terrible dancer, so that's not my <laughs> forward, pun intended. Most people are, Phil. Also because, you know, I feel like maybe if it's too soon, the woman may not want that close physical contact quite yet, or even though she might not want to be out there on the dance floor quite yet. So I'm usually uh, hesitant to do that. I actually had a question for you guys, which yeah. I, I guess is assuming sort of a stereotypical man approaching the woman uh, first kind of situation, what do you feel like the woman's responsibility is 
in the whole flirting process. I know, Fran, you mentioned earlier about, you know, saying, you know, I'm better that you came over, which I think is great. But, like, when there's a lull, I a lot of times feel like it's left on the guy that approached the woman to fill the conversation. And I wanted to know what you guys think the woman's role is in that. Well, I'll give you my opinion. I mean, I think that if you're talking to me, no matter who started the conversation, and there's a lull, then I, I think whoever picks it up, picks it up. And if that person, if the man I'm talking to is just has nothing else to say, usually I will say something. And it's not in my head about who approached who. It's more just keeping it going. Now, if I don't want to talk to him, then I'll usually come up with something like, you know, it's been great. Thing. If there's a pause and I want to get away, I'll say, it's been great to meet you. I'm going to go get a drink or I'm going to go to the ladies' room or something like that. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Paul? Well, you know, I, um, I see more and more, you know, we're talking about the men approaching the woman in this, in this scenario, but I see it more like, you know, maybe 60-40 now, where the 40% of the time I see women approaching men and just kind of chatting with them and, and talking them up. And, you know, I, I'm thinking that um, for the most part, what I see is um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of downtime, a lot of uh, the people just don't know what to say. It looks kind of awkward. And then I also I kind of look at the body language of the group and, and, and see because sometimes women or men, they'll they'll pass faces or eyes at each other. And, you know, that uh, it's just not going to work out or something's not right. Or on the other side of the coin, it'll be a really good eye and like, oh, this 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 is going to work out because this is the kind of person yeah. that they're looking for. So while I tend to, you know, talk to the person or the, you know, one on one with a flirt, I think, you know, knowing your environment and knowing where you stand in the environment is very important. But I'm wondering if there's a if there's a way to misread a flirt. And Fran, I'll, I'll bring this to you. Yeah. Uh, is there a way that uh, if if I approach you and uh, you know how are you tonight and and you said you're much better since I've met you, what is that in, in my mind? I'm saying well, there's, there's some sort of an interest there. So should I be taking it that way right off the bat, or should I wait? Is there a time involved? Or are there certain steps, steps and single signals along the way that I should be looking out for so that I don't misread a flirt? Because flirting is an art uh, and there are there's not really a recipe but there absolutely are signs first of all here are some of the signs when to know that someone is interested in you they are paying close attention to your every word they're moving in a little bit closer their actions and their words are in sync so for example if they're saying you know i'm really enjoying talking to you and they perhaps will touch you on the elbow or touch you on the shoulder or making a good eye contact or smiling or moving in closer to you, asking you questions. They're doing all sorts of things that are going to generate interest. Another thing to look out for is if your flirting partner is mirroring what you're doing. And what that means is it's not as if they are an actual mirror and doing exactly what you're doing, but... If you are leaning in, they might lean in towards you also. If they are, if you are picking up your drink, they might be following your lead. And that says that that person is in sync with you. I think what men tend to do, if they're interested in a woman, what they might do is they're going to preen themselves. That means that they might uh, brush off the imaginary lint on their 
shoulder, or if they're wearing a tie, they're going to straighten their tie, or they're going to stand up taller, or they're going to puff out their chest, or they're going to put their hands or their fingers, put them in their belt loops. They're going to do things to say, I want you to notice. On the other hand, a woman might put lipstick on, or she might fix her shirt, or she might toss her hair, or she might gently uh, push the sleeves of her, of her sweater or her shirt up, or expose her elbows, or she might cross and uncross her legs. Those are some of the nonverbal things. But I think it's like anything else. It's yeah, I want to ask you, Fran, I wanna, I'd like you to weigh in on what Phil asked us, which was, what is the responsibility of the woman in, in, when the man has made the move? What's the responsibility of the woman in the flirting? I mean, I gave my answer, but what did you think of that? I think if you like somebody, you have to show interest. It's very simple. It's like a good tennis match. Um, it's the ball that keeps going back and forth on the court. I mean, I think that's my best analogy. And everybody wants to feel as if the other person is showing interest. So you want to be inquisitive. You want to ask questions. You want to laugh at the person's jokes. You want to do things to make that person feel that they are important. Right. All right, Fran, I just want to uh, bring Sandy on. Sandy uh, Dagno is uh, a coordinator with Predating Events and lock and key events. And Sandy sees this firsthand because she coordinates these kind of events. Hi, Sandy. I'm here. Hi, Sandy. Um, I know you've been listening. I'd like you to, to uh, give us your comments about this in terms of men and women flirting and meeting. You see it all the time because you set up these kind of events. I do, and, and I do agree with a lot of what's been said. There's also a factor that I see, I think, at events of the nervousness factor that is increased because of being at a formal event, um, where you see a lot of people who do try to engage and they do try to flirt a little bit, but I think that nervousness kind of makes it almost intensified, like the behavior is a little too too in the face or too much. And I think it's it's one of the things that I've seen that almost I feel like I have to sort of coach people through a little bit about a balance of there's giving a sign, there's doing a little flirting, but then there's something that may be a little too overboard. And then I do see the other extreme where there's people where you want to almost encourage them that if they see something they want, they may need to give those signs. They may need to put that body language out there. But it definitely is a science that you can, lots of observation and guidance that people do need some, some help with, honestly. All right. I want to, I want to ask Paul, because you, you've kind of observed it, you know, as you've been watching. What have you noticed in flirting that works when you see these people and, and then you see them at the beginning and then you're mm -hmm. watching them walk out together? Yeah. Well, what's the body language that you see? You know, I, you, can, you can almost get a sense when, when they first talk to each other. There, there's a smile there. There's, a, there's a, a twinkle in the eye, if you will. There's something about that particular couple that just there's chemistry there. There's something. There's some magic that has happened. Now, maybe a little magic could be big magic. We don't know, but there's something there, and that's usually what I see. And it's usually a lot to do with personality and fun and laughter. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't see many people that go out and just like meet each other and kind of just sit there and and keep their thing, their face and their drinks all night. Then walk out together. Usually, these people are engaged. They're fun. They're laughing. They're dancing. 
they're 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 the life of the party uh, at their table anyway you know and that's what i see it just seems that they that there's a fit there and i don't know if if it's the great gods in the heaven that does that or it's just that someone happened to see something in someone that they like and it just worked but but that's mostly what i see when it when it happens sandy what are your comments about that because you see it also I do. I agree that a lot of, you know, some people say to me, what did I do wrong? What did I, you know, I didn't get approached. I didn't. And some of that exact thing, the smile is, is a key thing. I have people who come and they, they don't look like they want to be approached. They look like, you know, they're having a miserable time. And, and some people have called me afterwards to say, what did I do? And I'm like, okay, if you want me to kind of critique you know, you kind of maybe sat in the corner and, and didn't really smile. You didn't look like you were engaged. You didn't look like you wanted to be approached. You didn't like you look like you were having a good time. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's the thing that, as, as quirky and predictable as it sounds, that's one of the best accessories is that smile, that you look like you want to be present. You want to be part of, you know, meeting someone. But I agree there is a body language that you see when success is there. You see that. Yeah just people's whole body structure open up and they have a, a different level of confidence that I agree. I don't know exactly always what it is, but you can just see it and you can see they've, they've found someone who's, who's tickled them a little bit, who's had the fancy a little bit. So, right. and you do see that shine come, which is fantastic to watch. All right, Fran, please weigh in on this. As if you have self-confidence and I truly believe in the things I do with my clients, is help them fake it until they make it, and I mean that very seriously. So the difference between self-esteem and self-confidence is self-esteem is how you feel on the inside, and self-confidence is the way you portray yourself to the rest of the world. So if your self-esteem is a two or a three, I want your self-confidence to be an eight or a nine, and you have to give yourself that injection where you stand up straight, and you feel as if you are the most important person on the face of the planet. And the more you do that, the more it becomes a part of who you are. And I yep. also agree tremendously with it's not necessarily how attractive you are, it's how approachable you are. But I'm going to contradict what I just said. Um, you cannot go to any event looking like a schlub. And a job is somebody who absolutely doesn't care about how they look. Their posture is very down. They have a squint on their face. They have nervous gestures. They're doing things that basically says that they are poor, pitiful Peter or Petunia. And what they're doing is they're pushing people away. You have to make yourself look the best that you can. It doesn't mean about, you know, running out and getting a facelift or some Botox, but it does mean wearing something that makes you look the best you can look. It's being clean, it's smelling good, and it's doing something that makes you feel and gives you that self-confidence. So perhaps it means for a woman going to get her hair blown out, or a guy sending his shirt to the laundry rather than ironing it himself. Doing the kinds of things that are going to make you feel very good. They've done a study. They did a study where they took eight drop-dead gorgeous women and put them in a single bar, and they took eight attractive women and put them in a single bar. The eight drop-dead gorgeous women who did absolutely nothing other than just sit there 
and look like a statue and waiting for the world to come to them. And then they had attractive women who made eye contact, who kept time with the music, who had open body language. And those women got six times more male attention mm-hmm. than the absolutely beautiful women. And I it's really sweet. believe that's true. If you look at who people have around them, it's someone who has a sense of humor, someone who's playful, someone who's lighthearted. Um, one of my clients told me a story where she came out of the ladies' room, and all of a sudden, everybody was looking at her and smiling. And she just started talking to people until this one guy said, I have to tell you, the reason why everybody's looking at you is not because you think that they're interested. It's because you have that a piece of three feet of toilet paper stuck to your foot. Instead of the woman saying, oh, my God, I can't believe it. How horrible. She said, you know what? That deserves, I want to buy you that one drink and two <laughs> drinks. You don't even have to talk to me if you don't want to. They spent the rest of the evening talking to each other, and it turned out that they both had friends that they thought would be better. And a week later, the four of them went out to dinner, and they laughed all night. It wasn't the romance of the century, but it was such a fabulous yeah. moment. All right, we're going to take a break now. That was great. And you can stay on with us for our last segment. We'd love to have you because I want to share a story and get a little advice from the whole group. All right, so Phil, if you can hang on, and Sandy, and we've got Paul right here, my co-host. I'm Patricia Raskin, and you're listening to uh, our segment today on Positive Dating. Stay tuned right here on Voice America. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris, real talk on business and parenthood, hosted by Chris FSCU. Chris is the portrait of the success story. Coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to our segment today on positive dating. And I'm Patricia Raskin. And we're excited to bring you this program today. We're talking about flirting. And I have with me my great co-host, Paul Giamarco, who's a seasoned radio broadcaster. And on the phone we have with us... And stop flirting with me, Patricia. Cut it up. jeez. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to tell you that story that you tested me on about that guy that I met that I flirted with. Uh, Who else we got? All right. So, but let me tell you. So, we're going to have... Fran weigh in on this. 
Fran Green is the author of The Flirting Bible. She's a nationally renowned flirting relationship expert and former director of Flirting at Match.com. Love so, it. Wow. Love okay. It. And we got Phil on the phone, too, who has done a, a lot of dating. And he also, um, you know, will be on the show with us again. And we've got Debbie who's holding. So we've got everybody. Sandy. But no, we've got Debbie and we've got Sandy. We've got a whole crew here. But I want to tell my story because, Paul, you got me to do this. Without realizing. So I went to the singles event. I told you, I met this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I went up, I said, hello, I'm Patricia. And for the rest of the evening, we yeah. talked, but why? we danced. But let me ask you, why, why this guy? What was it about? Was it his look? Was it his demeanor? What was it about this guy? I don't know. It was something about his look and his confidence, as Fran said. Okay. It was confidence, his look. Well, and we talked the whole evening. Yeah. Now, I am going to answer your question. I did not hear from him again. And most people would be surprised if you watched us because yeah. we were really talking. We were really dancing. I mean, it was very engaging. But you know what, Fran? I've got to tell you that I was not surprised that he didn't call me. And I was okay with it. because, And I'll tell you why. Because it made me feel great that he liked me. Mm -hmm. I felt flattered. I felt attractive. Uh, he was He was really bright and great. But I got the feeling from him that he just, uh, that he really wasn't looking for anything. Yeah. He wasn't, he just, he Fun just, night out. that's what I felt from him. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for more than that. And I just felt that and it was okay for me. And I learned something from him and I let it go. But as you, as you relive that situation, is there anything in your mind that you think that may have been said or no. that would, that would have stopped, preempted that from happening? I, I, Sometimes think so. I think people relive I, these things in their minds. I think in this case, this guy had never been married. He was older, and I, I just think that he was fairly happy with his life. Mm -hmm. That was my guess. Fran, what are you thinking now? Give me a little counseling oh, here. Oh, I, I, have a, I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, if he had called you, would you have gone out with him? Yes. Okay. Um, did, did you have his phone number? Yes. Did you have his email address? Yes. And did it cross your mind? Did you think about perhaps contacting him? It crossed my mind. And tell me more about that. It just, it just, I don't know. I, you know, at this point, unless I feel that there's really a huge spark, I, I, I just, I let it go because there's other things that I'm doing in my life. I'm, I really want it to be, uh, it, I don't know. I guess that's my answer. Okay. Um, now you sort of know what a lot of men go through. Um, the hesitation of whether or not to call the person that they met because perhaps they're not sure if they're really interested. I have a rule of three, and that is if you make a connection with someone, uh, regardless if you're the man or the woman, and you think perhaps you'd like to see if if this can go anywhere, even if it's another cup of coffee or going to a movie, I say make contact with the person. And you're going to feel a whole lot better when you make the contact because whether or not the person responds, you know that you did whatever you could do to see if there's going to be another meeting. And if you had a date with this person, perhaps you might say to yourself, you know what, this guy is not for me or yeah. Maybe, you know, I hear I, you. I, I feel as though it probably wasn't going to go anywhere. He's a he's a couple hours away from me. And um, I just I don't know. It just doesn't feel I enjoyed him. 
But I, that's what I felt. And I want to, Phil, I want you to weigh in on what, what we're talking about here. And then I want to get Debbie's comments. And if Sandy's still on, I want to get all your comments. I'm really going to know what I'm doing here. Go ahead, Phil. I'm up first. Okay. First of all, I think it's your, for you to have this attitude, by the way, means you're in a great place. I think to be able to kind of go out, have that experience, and if the guy doesn't call to think you're fine with it, I think that's the best place to be at because I think it's not putting a lot of pressure on these nights out and who you meet and those kinds of things. So I want to say that first of all. Um, as a guy, as a man in that situation, uh, I do think it should have been up to him to contact you. I felt like you made the initial move, you established your interest, and if I'm in that situation, I'm thinking to myself, you know, okay, she she made the hardest move here, and she showed that she's interested. I really, you know, the, the pressure's kind of off a little bit. Oh, so and you know what? I do and think you know it was what? up to him to. Phil, I, Phil, I love you. I love what you just said. It just makes <laughs> me feel great. But I, but yeah. I, I want to. Paul will tell you I'm smiling. If but, you were a peacock, you'd have a, few, a full yeah, pullman yeah. Yes. But but Fran, there's a piece I left off of this that I didn't tell you. At the and 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 Phil and all the rest of you, what at the very end. He's, I said to him, here's my card. And he handed me his card, and he said, I'm going to be emailing you. And he did not email me. So I, I let it go. Did you check your spam folder? Oh, no, man, sometimes Paul. things go in the ah, spam. Ah. Wouldn't it be something if it's, if it's sitting there that next All day? All right, I'll go look. All right. Thank All you. right, Paul. <laughs> Fran, any comments? I mean, I think that's a big piece of the picture. Um, he said to um, you know what? Um, he didn't email you. He didn't follow through. I still feel that if you have any interest in someone, um, give them one shot. You have okay. no idea what, what happens between you could have lost your email address, um, you could have gotten sick, or you could be just simply not interested in you. And I think it's very flattering for anybody, both man or woman, when the other person... Uh, makes an effort to continue the contact. But also you have to decide if it's something that you want to do. And certainly, okay. and certainly uh, if you don't want to do it, that's fine too. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right, Debbie, I know you're holding, and I want to get Sandy's comments too. Debbie, what do you think? I think that everybody has some really good comments so far. I would have to say, and I agree with a lot of them, I think the bottom line is if there's not a really big spark there and there's not a real big interest out of the gate, whether you exchange information or not, I, there would be no reason to reach out to the person. And, and, yes, a spark could come later on, but if you're not that interested, I mean, you have to go with your first gut. Um, if you're unsure, then, yes, you should reach out and respond to them. You did open up the the table there by, you know, giving him your information. He said that he would email you. If he didn't email you, then there's probably not an interest. But you're right, sure, the email could have gotten lost. But if you didn't have a spark to begin with, there would be no reason to reach out again, thinking that the email have be, may have been lost. So I think you go with your initial gut as to, you know, what your um, thought towards him, um, you know, out of the gate. And, and if you did have an interest, sure, you can reach out and say, hey, you know, I haven't heard I, from I, you. I think the most important takeaway from this is, is that um, you have choices about what you want to do. Yep. And you always know that you have an option, and one of the options 
one of the options is is that you can take control of the situation and that you can choose to do that. That is the most important piece. You don't need to overthink it. You don't need to overdo it. But know that you always have options. And it's not about calling this person 16 times and texting him or vice versa. Uh, the, the power is in your own hands. And oftentimes you feel a whole lot better when you've done something because you know, you know what? He's not interested, fine, on to the next person. Or do nothing. It's really not a big deal. Okay, hold, hold on. Sandy, Sandy, your comments. Sure. I think you you revealing that you have his email and phone number, I think if you were truly interested and felt the spark, I think you already would have made that initial move. I think you would have already emailed him or said, I'm going to be back in your area. I think you would have grabbed that opportunity and gone forth if if you really felt some little spark of something there from him. So, again, it's a situation where you met him where you may be back in his company again at, at a future event. So right. that may be something that down the line, maybe on that second pass at that you know group event that you met him, you may see something a little different. But I, I would be curious to see what's in your spam folder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know I I think that's very true. I think it's about how how do I really feel and and was I really that attracted? What's interesting to me, Fran and Paul, I want you to weigh in is that. I really had a great evening. I mean, it was wonderful, and I didn't meet anybody else, and I could have, and my eye was out a little bit, but not really. I was really talking to him the whole time. And so what it kind of showed me, it surprised me, because I thought, well, gee, if I've spent so much time with someone, uh, you know, I guess my question to you, Fran, and, and to Sandy, too, is can you meet somebody and go out with them just like I did and have a nice time? And just call it a day. Just absolutely, absolutely. That time. I mean, that's that's the beauty of any kind of a connection like that. It doesn't have to lead to something else. What flirting can be is a wonderful one-time encounter. It could lead to a lasting friendship, a loving relationship, or a marriage. And you felt great for that evening, and that will give you the building exactly. blocks and the confidence that you need for your next encounter. That's exactly what you just said is exactly how I feel. Paul, your comments. His loss. No, thanks. Can I just change the subject for yeah, a minute? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, great. So um, just... You don't want dating there. advice, do you, Paul? No, you're no, 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 but I, want, I, I do want to know <laughs> if the, the times that we live in now... Uh, and the reluctance of people to really connect because of fear or whatever. H- how much does that play into into flirting and the dating scene today? I think fear immobilizes people. It's the number one barrier. It's the fear of rejection. What stops people from flirting is their fear of rejection. And what they do is they actually perpetuate all of the difficulties and the things that they're most afraid of because they are so terrified and what I, what I encourage my clients to do is to talk to strangers. Start out with people at the gas station, the supermarket, the post office, uh, sitting in the lobby at a restaurant, waiting online, just doing things to make simple connections. Waiters and waitresses, you want to start out doing things with people where the stakes are really low for you. And then you build up. And because... Even though I wrote, and I want to give you the whole title of the book because I'm very proud of myself that I can remember it. It's The Flirting Bible, Your Ultimate Photo Guide to Reading Body Language, Getting Noticed, 
and meeting more people than you ever thought possible. It's in my blood. I can't help myself. I talk to anybody, anytime, anyplace. I have no hobbies. I'm totally uncoordinated. <laughs> I, don't, I live, under, That's I live great. under a rock. Fran, you know, Fran it's such a, a delight to have you on. I just stay on. I'd like to get some closing thoughts from all these wonderful people who've called in today. Phil, sure. what, what is your assessment? What's running through your head right now? Well, one thing I, I, I don't want to extend this too long, but I wanted to uh, sort of piggyback on what Fran said and sort of ask her how you guys felt about maybe flirting with somebody that you're not totally interested in. In other words, she had mentioned earlier that it was an art form. Does it need practice? And I just wanted oh, to throw out it's that. Like, it's like riding a bicycle. Um, the more you do it, the better you become at it. When you say flirting with someone you're not interested in, um, as long as you're interested in the moment and it's not a power play mm-hmm. and it's not trying you to, to uh, where it's a power trip, like think about a, a high school cheerleader who goes to a pep rally and her goal is just to um, uh, intimidate and feel better than every single football player. Uh, I can flirt with someone 20 years older or 20 years younger because my goal is to make that person feel as if they are very special, and it's mm-hmm. in the moment. Once you're, one of the things I teach people in my classes is if your goal is to get a date or a phone number, your chances are going to go down the drain. If your goal is to make somebody feel good, your chances are going to skyrocket to get a phone number or a date. Yeah, thank you. That's such great information. Okay, um, Sandy, give us some comments. I'm actually shaking my head in appreciation at what Fran just said. I think that it's to put yourself out there. It's to make yourself feel better because you, you made that step. You went out there. You approached someone. You exchanged information, whatever it may be. You smiled at someone. You engaged them. And I think, you know, again, you're showing, I think, an amazing level of emotional maturity and relationship maturity by being okay that you just went out on a Saturday night and had a good time. And I think that is, that's an absolute building block to the next step to get out and find that one, to find that person. It's honing your skills, getting you prepped for what's out there. Thank you. Okay. And, um, and your opinion, Debbie? I agree. I liked what uh, Fran just said, and, and I would second that. It also actually helps you from a confidence level because it gets you used to talking to people, you know, moving away from the fear that you have of rejection and just going into it with no expectation and just just to help someone feel special, which helps you feel good. So I think it helps um, from a confidence perspective, just opening up and being more personable with people. And one other thing that I would add, which will sort of contradict what we, what I was saying before, but there is one thing I know, Patricia, whenever you exchanged information, he said he'd email you, he didn't, you didn't really have an interest, you didn't respond to him. There is one thing that I've noticed in my life that I will, even if I don't have that initial interest, um, or I should say the initial spark. I'm always interested in getting to know people differently. And what I've found is just by opening up that conversation with someone, sometimes you can find the spark. So start from the interest. If you have a little bit of an interest, um, you know, go for it. Have some conversation with the person. Maybe not go out, but have some conversation to see if a spark can be generated from it. Okay. I want to thank you all. And, Fran, I want to thank you as our flirting expert for being on the program. And Fran, just give us your uh, your website, please. Uh, my website is frangreen.com, and that's F-R-A-N-G. 
G-R-E-E-N-E.com. That's greengreen.com. Or you can just email me at flirtingcoach at yahoo.com. All right, flirtingcoachyahoo.com. And thank you to, uh, to Phil and to Debbie and to Sandy for calling in and your comments. And, Paul, you were just the best co-host today. You Thanks. were fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and you got me to tell my, my dating I story. I Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. And, and folks, uh, we've really enjoyed having you on. And you can always email me, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com. We've been talking today about positive dating. I'm Patricia Raskin. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.